0: Dr. Joelle Babdor, you are an immunologist... sorry, let me try that again. Immunologist is a tongue twister. (laughs) Hello, this is Ever Wonder from the California Science Center. I'm Perry Roth-Johnson. Our immune systems are always hard at work, protecting us from viruses, bacteria, and other critters that can infect our bodies and make us sick. But on an earlier episode, we also learned that the human body is teeming with microscopic creatures. These microbes, collectively known as the human microbiome, are always with us, coexisting with us, and even benefiting our health. Ever wonder how your immune system knows good microbes from bad? To find out, we talked to Dr. Joel Babdor, an immunologist at UCSF who studies how the immune system and microbiome interact with each other. Joelle walks us through how our immune system works, and how studying the microbiome and health can help us understand and treat a wide variety of diseases. Joelle is also the co-founder of Black in Immuno, an organization that aims to amplify, celebrate, and support Black people in immunology. This was a fun interview. Take a listen. Dr. Joel Babdor, you are an immunologist at UCSF. Joel, welcome to the show. Thank
1: you. I'm so glad to be here.
0: Yeah. And Jenny Aguirre, producer and co-host of the show, is also here with us. Hi, Jenny.
2: Hey, Perry. And hey, Joelle.
0: So, Joel, I know you study how our immune system interacts with our microbiome. And I got to tell you, I'm so curious and grateful to talk to a scientist and expert like you, because I feel like for the past couple of years, we've all been forced to get a crash course in how our immune system works. And I know I still find it a little mystifying and confusing. So... Why don't we start there? What exactly is our immune system?
1: So our immune system is what protects our body. It's a set of barriers and also uh, a lot of cells that actively patrol a body and um, they find and destroy pathogens, any kind of microbes that could be harmful uh, and make us sick. So these cells are in our blood, in our organs, everywhere in the body, and, and they're looking out for us, basically.
2: The other thing you study is the microbiome. We know it's made up of a bunch of microbes, but what exactly are microbes and our microbiome?
1: Oh, that's a great question. So microbes are very small organisms, and so they are life forms, and you know they're doing the same thing that, that we do, right? They, they eat, they reproduce. Uh, and they die at some point. And um, the microbiome is a set of bacterial communities that live inside our body. They're very different depending on the host. So the human microbiome is, is a very specific set of bacterial communities. Um, but you have you know, other um, forms of bacterial communities, some in the soil, some in the air, some in our mm-hmm. fridge. Um, yeah. There are, there are different bacterial communities, and the human microbiome is the community of microbes that live in the body.
2: What does our microbiome do for us? Any examples?
1: Yeah, it does a lot, actually. Um, historically, we used to think of as bacteria in the body being something bad, but um, at some point, we have started to think of uh, the bacteria in our body as something that uh, is helping us and that we mm-hmm. live together. Uh, and that there is a reason for, uh, the, for why we're all living together and because we're <laughs> actually helping each other. A good example is when we eat food. We're not able to digest and utilize some of the energy that is contained in the food because we're just not capable of digesting some of the nutrients that compose the food that we eat. So some of the bacteria in our gut can help with that. Let's say you're eating an apple, for example, some of the sugar in the apple is not immediately digestible by your intestine. Uh, and some of these sugars are called pectins. Those are sugars, but they're uh, actually, we call them dietary fibers. And some bacteria in your gut can break these fibers down into sugars that you can't digest and utilize. Um, and it's not only pectins, they're like thousands of examples where our microbiome, um, the bacteria in our gut, work with us to process the food that we eat so we can utilize the energy that is contained in the food.
0: Okay, okay. But, but our immune system is supposed to keep the baddies out, you know, the germs out, right? So how, how does our immune system know the difference between good, quote-unquote, and bad, quote-unquote, microbes?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, I think so far... We don't have the full answer to that, but (laughs) we have a sense of what's going on. Um, So when uh, a microbe enters the body, uh, you have some immune cells that are going to pick up this microbe. The cells that are responsible for this first encounter are called dendritic cells. And so dendritic cells are going to catch the microbe, ingest it, and then chop it up in small pieces. And look at those small pieces and try to see if those small pieces are good or are bad. So basically trying to find within, you know, the, uh, the parts of the microbe if there is anything that looks dangerous, basically. Mm-hmm. If it's not the case, well, the dendritic cells are going to just signal to the, to the rest of the body that everything's okay. That's, you know, a false alarm. Uh, mm-hmm. this, is a, this is an okay bacteria, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But in a case of a dangerous pathogen, uh, something that would be harmful, um, the dendritic cells are going to be able to detect some molecules at the surface of this um, pathogen that are bad news, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we call those uh, molecules danger signals, basically, right? Okay. And so... Yeah, if there is a dangerous signal, then the dendritic cell is like, okay, well, this is dangerous, something is going on, uh, and the dendritic cell is going to ring the alarm, basically, and alert the entire immune system that there is an attack and that we need to find the the pathogens and destroy them. And so that's how we start having immune responses against the, let's say, bad microbes.
0: Okay. So at the risk of maybe putting too much human characteristics on the cells inside our body, but just to anthropomorphize it for a second. So it sounds like these cells are kind of like the bouncers at a club and but it it almost sounds more gruesome. It's like somebody's (laughs) trying to get into the club. and like I'm going to chop you up into tiny pieces instead of just checking your ID.
1: (laughs) Well, to some extent, yeah, I guess it's a good metaphor. I would say that, yeah, checking the ID is like chopping into pieces, Uh a version of, you know, dynamic cells bouncing, you know, bad microbes out of the club. Yes. Uh, It's a good metaphor. I like it.
0: Okay. And then if they don't like the ID, then they call security and, you know, get you out of the line. But if it's okay, then they let you into the body and you can hang out with all the other cells.
1: Yeah, yeah. To some extent, that's, that's correct. I think it's, it's a good metaphor.
0: Okay, yeah. It might, it might be a little rough around the edges, which is something for our listeners to kind of hang their hat on
1: yeah yeah I don't like bouncers uh, <laughs> oh what, what what would you
0: prefer <laughs> i
1: guess I guess no i mean i guess I guess as a teenager, I guess you know i was I was you know trying to get into the club and, and oh, okay. I was maybe stressed out, so I feel like maybe I'm you know feeling what the bacteria the bad you know uh bacteria <laughs> would feel, you know like trying to get in the club and being stressed out because there are those dendritic cells at the door and. Uh-huh. God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's stressful for the bacteria, for sure.
2: I'm, I'm a visual person, so I just played that all out in my head. Me too. <laughs> uh, how, how do good microbes affect our immune system?
1: Well, the good microbes, um, they're with us. They've been with us for a long time. They've been with us for ages, actually, uh, because we've co-evolved with, with these microbes that are part of our microbiome. And so they're not only helping us digesting food, but they're also helping us with other biological functions and, you know, sometimes doing multiple things at a time. Um, we can take the example of um, apple pectin again, you know, when we're uh, digesting um, the well part of the nutrients of the apple, um, the bacteria are helping us with digesting the pectin from the apple um, so it gives us extra sugar, but at the same time, the digestion of these dietary fibers um, is is also going into the process of producing some metabolites from the bacteria. And one example of the metabolites that are beneficial for the uh, organism uh, are butyrate. Butyrate is a short-chain fatty acid that is produced by Uh, the um, fermentation of dietary fibers like pectin. And so butyrate is a molecule that uh, helps to uh, regulate the immune system. And it's been shown that the production of butyrate by the microbiome or by some microbiome communities prevents us, uh, prevents the immune system to overreact. And so it's protective against what we call autoimmunity or sometimes inflammatory diseases. Um, So basically, thanks to these um, microbiome communities, uh, we have metabolites that are helping to regulate our immune system.
0: How much do we know... Or not know, you know, today about the connection between our microbes and our immune system.
1: Yeah, that's a that's a hard question, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's 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 an important question, and and I would say that we probably we're probably only scratching the surface for now. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of research out there, but I feel like we still don't fully comprehend um, mm-hmm. the ways that the microbiome and the immune system are communicating. And in particular, it goes in both directions, right? And I think that that's maybe an area that is not uh, extremely developed in terms of uh, research, right? Um, We don't fully understand how, you know, there is this mutual dialogue, right? We know that the immune system is doing a series of things on the microbiome. We know that the microbiome is doing a series of things on the uh, immune system. But, you know, it's more like a dialogue and back and forth, right? Mm. And we, we have a poor idea of uh, this dialogue and how it's taking place and how it's, like, mutually um, shaping both biological systems, so I think that's an area where there is a lot of work to to be done to understand more the dialogue, more than, you know, like knowing that, you know, we know that they can say some things. Um, now we need to understand the full conversation basically,
0: right? Mm. It's like we need a Rosetta Stone to translate what's happening. Exactly. You yeah. know something is being said, but you don't know what.
1: Yeah, we have a glimpse. <laughs> we have some glimpse of what what is being said, but yeah, we don't we don't capture the the full conversation. I think, and it's it, the reason is that it's extremely complex, right? There are like all these, uh, you know, we have hundreds of bacterial species, and actually, if you look closer within each spe- species, you have different strains because. One species has actually like different forms and carry different um, version of the genome of these species. So it's like extremely complex to understand what they do. And then on the immune system side, the immune system is such an incredibly complex machine as well. So it's like trying to understand fully each of these biological compartments is already an important task. Um, mm-hmm. and once we'll be able to do that, I guess we'll, we'll have a good sense of the dialogue, but also investigating directly the interactions, I think is, is a good way to, um, to get more insight of this full conversation that is happening. Wow. It's, it's a whole nother world. It really is. <laughs> Actually two other worlds that are colliding. Oh, right, extent. right. Yeah, so. yeah. Two worlds.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's talk about your immunomicrobiome study where you're looking at how the microbiome affects our immune system.
1: So immunomicrobiome study is basically looking at the immune system, the microbiome, and the metabolome in healthy humans.
0: And just for our listeners, uh, Joel, you mentioned another fancy word, metabolome. What exactly is that? How is that different from the microbiome?
1: Yes, the metabolome is, I would say, the collection of metabolites that are circulating in the body, uh, and metabolites are these small molecules that are produced um, by the host, by the cells in our body, but also by the micro, the microbiome, um, the, ba- the bacterial communities in the microbiome.
2: What questions are you trying to answer with
1: your research? For immunomicrobiome study in particular, I think what we're trying to assess is this dialogue between the microbiome and the immune system, right? Um, I think it's a fascinating question and, you know, it can, ta- it can take a lot of different forms. Um, I think, you know, what people have been doing a lot is trying to understand this dialogue in pathological contexts when, you know, there are patients that are suffering from a particular disease Uh, People have been looking into their microbiome. People have been looking into their immune system. So there are a lot of studies that are starting to put together in clinical context that, well, that's interesting. You know, in some cases, um, a subgroup of patients have a different microbiome than another group of patients, and they're doing better, or they're responding better to a treatment or something like that. It's the case for cancer immunotherapy. Um, So this new line of treatment that actually try to activate the immune system to fight cancer. And so what scientists have realized in the last maybe 15 years is that people can respond or not to immunotherapy, and we don't fully understand why. But the people that respond to this treatment uh, and, you know, end up having a better outcome they have a different mm-hmm. microbiome than the people that do not respond to the treatment. So, you know, this really? sort of insight are like, yeah, the microbiome is like mm-hmm. doing something very important for patient to, um, to survive or to respond to a treatment. Now, my question is like, well, that's great, um, but we don't understand what's going on, so there is more research to be done. But in the first place... Mm we don't fully capture the interactions of the microbiome and the immune system in health, you know, when there is no pathological context. And so, uh, the reason I I created the immunomicrobiome study is exactly that. I I was working on a pathological or clinical project, uh, one with Mm -hmm. cancer immunotherapy and another one in autoimmunity and another one in uh, kidney transplantation. And so, in all these studies, I'm like asking the question, how does the microbiome influence the way that people are responding to uh, treatments that modulate their immune system? Um, but I realized that I need to understand better how this is taking place in health when there is no pathological context. And so, that's basically um, the reason why uh, I created immunomicrobiome studies, like, We want to try to understand better the dialogue that is taking place in health so we can understand better how we can utilize this knowledge in the clinical context where we see that the microbiome can benefit patients.
0: I want to pivot a little bit to things sort of outside the lab. I know you've co founded two organizations, uh, Black and Immuno and Immuno Diverse. So I, I, I've seen a lot of these organizations, you know, Black and X, popping up the past couple of years. Is Black and Immuno a similar idea? Maybe we just start with that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Black and Immuno is, is part of this Black in X movement or Black in STEM movement that mm-hmm. you know, started in 2020. And so, yes, yeah, so the goal of Black in ImmunO is to um, amplify uh, Black immunologists that are uh, making extremely important contributions uh, in the field of of, of science, and particular immunology.
0: And and can you tell us a little bit about um, how it got started?
1: Yeah, so I was I was on Twitter. Actually, I when 2020 started, I think early January 2020, I started my Twitter account. I discovered something that was missing a lot in the way that I navigated academia. I was able to see a lot of other black scientists and to hear about the awesome research that they do and seeing a lot of other black scientists thriving and you know um, taking space in, in academia and uh, and I, I think that this is something that has been missing a lot for me. And I, actually, probably for a lot of black scientists, we're um, oftentimes mm-hmm. the only one or two, you know, in the department or sometimes in the whole right. building. Or um, So it's hard to have, you know, like role models that look like us and, you know, to think of people being successful. And, um, and so it's, it's, you know... It's, it's something to consider when you're thinking that a lot of the motivation um, to keep going is to have role models and, and seeing people that look like you in the field, right? So I was on Twitter and I I was amazed by seeing all these black scientists and I was really happy about it. And I started yeah. what I uh, called initially just a, a list of black immunologists and turned out that other people were also trying to, you know... Uh, do the same or were actually excited of seeing a list of black immunologists Um, and so I remember seeing some messages from other black immunologists that were, you know, really happy that they were seeing this list and encouraging other people to um, add new people in the list and to basically amplifying the list because I think that, you know, other people like me were trying to find this, you know, sense of community and, and um, having you know, role models. At the same time, there's been the murders of George Floyd and other and black people. Uh, and the fact that there was a lot going on in the country at the time, I think it, it helped um, to ask hard questions about the academic field and the way that black people are navigating this field as well. Uh, And not only black Mm -hmm. people, but um, I would say that minorities in general um, and all the black in STEM movement is part of that. I think the the first one were black birders that started Black Birders Week. And then I don't remember exactly what order, but we've seen black in cardio, black in neuro, and black in other STEM uh, weeks starting. And so the Mm -hmm. people that I interacted with that were, you know, excited about the blacking knowledge list um, were actually starting to, you know, get excited about maybe starting him in a week as well. I basically created a Slack channel and we defined the time to see each other on Zoom and we just started to interact like that, probably on a Saturday morning because uh, mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're doing now. And actually we've been doing that for... Well, since we started in September 2020, I guess we're still seeing each other every Saturday and we're working on, wow. you know, amplifying Black Immunologists. And so, yeah. yeah, and together we've created two Black Immuno Weeks um, in 2020 and in 2021. And it's been fantastic to basically be able to invite Black Immunologists to present their work or talk about the, the work that they're doing in, in, the, in STEM in general. And, you know, some of it can be diversity, equity, and inclusion work, and some of it is scientific work. And so basically, Black Immunology Week is is this, is like a full week of having Black immunologists sharing about their science and their activism uh, in the space of academia.
0: I love that. I love that you just created your own space, uh, you know, for you guys to support each other and, and, and see each other, because... It is a little weird sometimes when, like, you know people are out there doing good work, and you just don't, you don't see them, and, and it's one of the aspects of, like, I you don't know, hacking social media, you know, like, you could just use the internet to go find people and then create the space if it doesn't exist physically, like, where you already are, so kudos to you for for spearheading that. Thanks,
1: yeah, and exactly, what you say is, is exactly right, you know, like, conceptually we know that there are black researchers in the field of immunology but visibility is so important so we can actually grasp that these people are doing this awesome work and contributing in, in awesome ways um, and that that's what you know black in immuno is about is giving visibility to people that are out there and that are doing great work. And not only for us, I think, you know, that, that's one component, right? Um, being able to, to, to know more black immunologists and you know, building this network of black immunologists across the world. But also, I think, another important benefit of that is that a lot of allies um, are now more connected to this network of Black immunologists. Um, And a lot of people are uh, supportive of Black immunologists that they didn't know before, and now they know.
2: I think that's great, but it's also so impactful for the youth community too. You know, myself as a minority, like being able to see someone like myself do something huge, it's super impactful.
1: Yeah, we hope that we can help, Um, you know, the next generation of black students and learners to feel that science is something that they can do, that they can be excited about, that STEM is something that is accessible. Um, and we want to encourage them and to support them. Um, we, we want them to reach out to us and to ask us questions about how to navigate and um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's a huge part of our mission too.
0: We've run a little bit long, so I, I want to wrap up here. Thank you for encouraging you know, our listeners to tweet at people, uh, a scientist they admire. You know, I think finding people on social media is, is, a, is great advice you know, to start building that network. And on that note, where can people follow you online and find your work?
1: Yeah, absolutely. People can find me on Twitter. Uh, my handle is at Joel Babdor, so J-O-E-L-B-A-B-D-O-R. And then there is the Black Immuno website, um, where there is all the programming for Black in Immuno. You can also find the recordings on YouTube of Black Immuno Week 2020 and Black Immuno Week 2021. Everything is there on the website, um, so there are a lot of really cool talks, scientific talks and DI conversations, panel discussions that can be found on the website, so... Yeah, feel free to, to visit
0: blackinimino.org. It's been wonderful talking to you, Joel. Thank you for demystifying uh, the immune system a little bit for us. Thanks for joining us on the show.
1: Thank you. It was so fun to be here. Thank you so much.
0: That's our show, and thanks for listening. Until next time, keep wondering. Ever Wonder from the California Science Center is produced by me, Perry Roth-Johnson, along with Devin Stewart and Jennifer Aguirre. Liz Roth-Johnson is our editor. Theme music provided by Michael Nicholas and Pond5. We'll drop new episodes every other Wednesday. If you're a fan of the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps other people discover our show. Have a question you've been wondering about? Send an email or voice recording to everwonder at californiasciencecenter.org to tell us what you'd like to hear in future episodes.